good teams play good when they're playing bad teams. Those games that they're supposed to win, they go out there and win them in convincing fashion. We can show you that we're a good team and we can give you confidence moving forward. So many relationships across this organization. I, I spent all day yesterday just walking up and down, you know, the football side and, you know, saying goodbye to everybody. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to miss everybody and I'll be rooting for everybody from afar. It's episode 114 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Tatum Everett. It's a big week here for the Purple and Gold, a chance to get back on track with a divisional contest against the Detroit Lions. It's also a big day, a little bit of a bittersweet one for us over here in Egan as Chris Corso. It's your final day as a Minnesota Viking. This is your final assignment. Final day. I had to be here for the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Had this production since, you know, back in the winter park days and uh, been producing radio and podcasts for, for the Vikings and working with our players and telling stories. It's so grateful for my time here and uh, moving on to Rutgers men's basketball. So... I'll uh, be working for the head coach over there, and uh, really excited to go back to my my East Coast roots. But I was looking at our Vikings roster, and we have one player Ooh. that is a former Rutgers, you know, alumni. Can anybody get it? Oh, I feel man. like Jay's gonna get it. He plays a fun position. Can't believe Terrell Barnes. Not Terrell, our equipment manager, who you see running all over the field on see, Sundays. That's the thing, as you say Rutgers, and you immediately think of Terrell Barnes. Um, <laughs> it's the long snapper. Oh, oh I was not going to guess that. Wow. I wasn't going to guess that. He is that. a Rutgers Scarlet Knight. Very I had nice. to throw that out there to start the show, and uh, I guess I'll have to connect with him, or hopefully try at some point. Yeah, maybe you can get him on, you know, to watch some basketball with you, all that stuff. I know, switching sports on us, but I know you probably want to... At least talk about what's going on right here. The one in three start. Um, so we're just going to dive right on in because I think, you know, it's a it's a big opportunity for the Vikings to really right the ship before heading into Carolina, before heading into the bye week. And so we'll have our usual just vent session, getting everything off our chest from the last week. And then we'll head into two things we're excited about and one thing we're nervous about for this Lions matchup. So, you know, I know it wasn't a victory to send you off with Corso, but we'll let you take the lead in this one. The rules of the game remain. You get 60 seconds to let out those frustrations after that loss to the Browns. And boy, was it a frustrating one. So <laughs> Let's do it. I'm not trying to get y'all riled up just yet, but um, <laughs> let me get my timer open and we will get going. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. In three, two, one. I am absolutely, you know, just so frustrated with how great the offense started off in this game. We talk about hot starts from Kirk Cousins. We talk about big-time plays from Justin Jefferson. We had that all on the first drive of the game, and then after that, we had nothing. Seven points, 14-7. Uh, it was just really frustrating to watch how many chances and opportunities that this offense had throughout the game. And it seemed like the Browns just found a way to, you know, run the ball down our throats and waste the clock in the second half as the game continued on. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, I, I love the way he came out hot. I love the way the crowd energy continues to be a factor at U.S. Bank Stadium. But for some reason, the offense could not get going, especially in the second half. And my good friend Kevin Stefanski, Drew Petzing, um, going down the list of all the offensive coaches and you know coaches all over the Cleveland Browns side of the ball. Uh, really happy for them, but very upset for us. All right, right That's on time. 
<laughs> oh, I did the timer wrong. I did it the opposite way. So you actually went like 103, but we'll let it slide because it's your last day. There we go. You didn't go scorched earth. I mean, you know, this is I, your one chance. You could go scorched earth today. I love Kevin <laughs> Stefanski too much. <laughs> I love him so much as a person and uh, Fair you know, off the field. So I can't get like as mad, but I'm, I'm not happy. <laughs> this is Corso walking out the door trying to be zen with the whole thing. Yeah. It's like. I'm going to Rutgers at this point. <laughs> I was waiting for a mic drop moment, maybe. <laughs> like, oh, this that's is... later in the show. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, Jay, you ready to go? Sure. Minute on the clock. Three, Alrighty. two, one. The biggest thing for me was, similar to what Corso was saying, the frustrating part is when you see them have as much success as they do on the front end for that, essentially, the, the scripted drive that happened from that point forward, just getting stuck in the mud for the rest of the game. Um, but that was also by design, I think, on the other side of the ball. So you have to kind of tip your cap to them for actually doing things what, that they want to do on their end. The hard part for me was we had talked all week about this, that you're basically playing a mirror of yourself where you get a team that does ball control, likes to run the ball, control the clock, got down to the end, and you had a chance to uh, have a game-winning drive at the end, and, and you came up short. Again, everyone was crabby about ref calls and non-calls and those kind of things. But in the end, you should be able to score more than 14 points uh, in a week. And I think that, as a, a Vikings fan, is what was the most frustrating. You have 10 seconds. Anything else you'd like to say? Get a win this week mm-hmm. and uh, don't do what you did last week. Okay, that's fair. I mean, great advice. How can you go wrong with that? So now I'm getting, now I'm getting skittish because it's like, oh, I can hit that 60 seconds. And I'm, I, now I'm just like, okay, don't go too long. Don't you're overthinking. You're exactly. overthinking. I mean, you kind of like how I feel this offense is doing. I feel yeah, like they are sure. overthinking a little bit, um, you know, forcing things maybe in their heads a little bit. You could tell that the offensive line play just wasn't what it was the week before. And you think that that would have bred some type of confidence. And instead we see it almost as a regression back to, you know, game one and a little bit in game two. Although, I mean, honestly, like I was a little surprised that we weren't able to contain Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney as much as we were Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. I was kind of expecting like maybe the same-ish performance um, and, and obvious, obviously it wasn't. We also know that Kevin Stefanski, one of the things with him having worked as long as he did here with the quarterback room, like he knows where the discomfort is going to come from and had the perfect game plan to just really try and disrupt it. And and I think once Delvin went out earlier in the game and, and it kind of made this this offense a little bit more Kirk-centric that defensively they could say, okay, we don't necessarily have to respect it as much. We can just pin our ears back and try to make him as miserable as possible. So and They did um, a good job of that. Yep. Definitely did a good job of that. All right, Gabe. I'm on the clock. You got 60 seconds. You ready? Let's go for it. Three, two, one. I think my biggest vent... Uh, is similar to a couple of weeks ago, our defense in the second quarter. We just can't finish. Um, Of course, the Cincinnati Bengals game, we give up a touchdown with, I think, less than 50 seconds remaining. We give up 10 points in Arizona in 34 seconds. And then last week, we give up 11 points in a minute and 14 seconds. Um, I think that's been um, the kryptonite for our entire team. I mean, clearly, if you look at those games, we have lost when we have given up at least a touchdown or three points or at least three points in the final, I guess, 50 seconds of the game. So that has to change. I think that changes this week um, because the Detroit Lions are trying to figure out how to score. But until we figure out how to finish strong going into the half, I think we're going to continue to have problems because that has been um, the the theme of our, our team this year is stopping 
them from scoring before time runs out. Right on the money. Getting good at this game. Time ran out. Yeah, I, I saw what you did there. Heard <laughs> you what just you did there. Your point as yeah. time ran out. Yeah, you know it, it is. It's, it's super frustrating to see that happen because you like it's just like little laps, little laps in the game that. It just feels like it's a sound game until in these tiny little moments. Yeah. It's bend, don't break, but they break in that moment. Yeah, and I think the the biggest concern was the Browns game, the three points, that field goal that they gave up in 40, 43 seconds. Granted, the the drive before, um, they went on an 18-play drive that – Ate up half the – And it was a terrible – More than half the right, quarter. Right, and they, it was a terrible uh, defensive holding on Eric Kendricks, which extended that Awful. drive. But, but still – you, you can't go three and out right before the half and then give up points with three seconds left. I think that 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 is a point of emphasis for Mike Zimmer. He's talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. Uh, I think we are the second. I mean, we are the worst second quarter defense with less than two minutes remaining like that. That has to change um, teams. They start strong on us because they know we kind of figure things out in the second half. So the best chance to beat the Vikings is beat them uh, right at the end of the second quarter. So we, we got to figure out how to be better during those moments. And that gets compounded when the opponent has the opening kickoff when, oh, they, yeah. when they receive oh, it. Yeah. So they get the double dip. You yeah. know, that's the thing you always want. And so, yeah, it just compounds it even worse if that's yeah. the case. And all three losses, we, we lost the coin toss. So we, we got to figure out ways to score before the half, but more importantly, stop them from scoring. We also just need to win the coin toss first. That should add some confidence. I'm just teasing. That helped. I mean, that totally helps still. Teasing. I mean, it's a 50-50. <laughs> they yeah, went, head, they went heads week one, tails week two, and then they went heads again last week. So it's like... I'm teasing. It's a lose-lose situation, yeah. I guess. I'm ready to Tatum, go. Tatum, you're on the clock. Yep, I'm on the clock. I need offensive consistency. I am getting so frustrated. Um, to watch them, like you mentioned a little earlier, score on these scripted plays of the first half and seeing the potential, you kind of get your hopes up a little bit. You're like, ah, is this the game? They figure it out and they score and, you know, multiple touchdowns. They score in the second half, which is something that we haven't done um, in three of the games we've played so far. So I just need some more consistency in the losses on third down. We're less than 31%. Uh, a conversion rate, and most of those are under that. That's the that's the highest one. Um, and then in the win, it was sixty nine percent. So I know that all starts with the offensive line being able to get the run game going, so that we can get that rhythm, a clean pocket for Kirk. But it's just so frustrating to see a goose egg at the end of every second half and not seeing touchdowns scored. Um, you just have to be strong the whole game. Boom. Just kidding. <laughs> Love it, yeah. <clears throat> we we gotta we gotta figure figure a way out um, to have three short games of no second half touchdowns for the offense. It makes you wonder. That makes it's it's like okay, is that the reason why? Of course, we can't stop teams in the second quarter, but like, why can't we score in the third and the fourth quarter? Because that's when the game starts to count. None of them are blowout losses, you know. And and I know there's the discussion. Oh, you're only as good as your record, and I get that. But what's what, and maybe I'll get to this I'll get to this a little bit. No, my nervousness is a little bit different. So I, I'll put this huh. one out here right now. But like, if you think about it, if you're only as good as your record, we can be saying the same thing about the Lions coming in this week, who have looked good in losses so far this season, um, especially against the Ravens. Yeah. Um, and this, this last one, Morley, they didn't look 
awful. So for me, like that makes me nervous because I'm like, if we're saying this about ourselves, we could also say this about the Lions who from my time here have learned that like everyone's like, oh, finally a Lions game. Let's get this going. Yeah. And I'm sure the Lions are probably saying, oh, finally we get to play the Vikings. So they're, they're one and three. We finally exactly. get a team that's beatable. So, exactly. I mean, you made a good point against the Green Bay Packers week two. They were, they were going into the half with the lead yeah. against the 49ers. They were up in that game. So this is a team that has confidence. Granted, they've lost a couple of their key players, but they still have confidence that, hey, we can we can beat this Vikings team. They haven't. They're still trying to figure this thing out, too. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> the Lions are, Jay knows exactly what I'm about to say. The Lions are my least favorite visitor in the division coming yeah. to U.S. Bank Stadium. Over the years, I believe they have the best record. First of all, they had the first ever visitor win at U.S. Bank Stadium. It was an overtime game yeah. where, you remember, an overtime yeah. touchdown it from brutal. Uh, Golden Tate flipped into the end zone. I'll never forget it. Uh, and... You know, Matthew Stafford had a lot to do with that over the years. I would always tell, you know, everybody on all these shows, would be like, Aaron Rodgers can't win here. He finally won here last year with no fans, but um, he never won here in the first couple of years. It was yeah. Matthew Stafford who was able to do it. And the Lions just, you know, they come in here, you know, we take them easier than we do yeah. the Packers and the Bears. And for some reason, they found ways to win. And then there's some other times where, you know, we sack uh, – Matt Stafford 12, 10, 12 times yeah. in a game. And that's what we have to do in this game. We have to get the pass rush on Jared Goff. Like, we've done that when he's come here with the Rams. I'll never forget that game we won against the Rams. It was one of the biggest wins of the season a few years ago. Um, it got us going on that playoff run in 2017. But, uh, yeah, you have to get to Jared Goff. That's the biggest thing. I, I'm getting ahead of myself with, here. With, no, with, you're with good. two minutes left. I'm going the, through my history of my, you know, my everything and leaving here today. Get and, it out. I hate the Lions, man. I really hate the Lions. We, we call them, you know, the, the weakest team. But Windy City Kitties. For some reason, the Windy City Kitties have cost us some pain here at U.S. Bank Stadium over the years. And mm. I, if it happens this this time, one and four is not acceptable. We need to win these two games heading into the box. I'm throwing that out there. Windy City Kitties Before have called us some pity. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta get a win. You did some slam comes. poetry over here? Yeah, I, I've been, you know, <laughs> reflecting and writing and... <laughs> Thinking about the history of it. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, no. we got to get a win. Yeah, this is a. I feel like I'm a broken record. I say this every week. This is really a must-win situation. Every it's a game. must win. We need to be three and three heading into the bye. You look at what the Packers have been able to do. I'm going. Th- I was going through. Don't go through the schedule. Uh, don't do it. I was Corso, doing it when you do guys it. Right, after the bye is rough. <laughs> don't maybe, do it. Maybe to end the show, I'll go through each game and give my like my final goodbye. Corso's final prediction. Yes. Okay. They, they can't it's, fire you from it. being It's honest, a little right? more positive than you guys would think. <laughs> Ooh, there's a I, I just, teaser. I was doing it while you guys were talking. Okay. So all right, I'll leave it at that. Okay, good. We'll def- <laughs> we'll end on that note for sure. So well, since we're so we're already on the subject of the Lions, let's just go right into things. And um, I I really starting to like like this segment so much because as much as we're sitting here kind of like negatively looking at things, the excited part about this next thing always kind of makes a positive spin on things. And so, and I know Gabe, you're a super positive person, so you appreciate this. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) we've got two things you're excited about and one thing you're nervous about. It's the first NFC North game of the season, Corso. I'll let you take the floor and you do the honors to start us off. I am so excited to watch this game as an absolute fan (laughs) and not come into the building the next day 
and be working somewhere else <laughs> and be a Vikings fan like all of you guys listening to this show. I'm so excited for that. Um, so many relationships across this organization. I, I spent all day yesterday just walking up and down, you know, the football side and, you know, saying goodbye to everybody. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to miss everybody and I'll be rooting for everybody from afar. So that's number one. I'm very excited for that. Especially rooting for Kirk Cousins. That's my guy. Uh, he always will be one of the nicest athletes I've ever worked with. So um, I'm rooting for him to keep proving the doubters wrong. Uh, number two that I'm excited about, I want to see the fans kind of get wild um, for a divisional opponent. I've seen over the years at U.S. Bank Stadium, while it was loud the first couple weeks, it gets louder when an NFC North opponent comes in. I didn't it, think that was possible. It yeah, does, man. I'm like looking at you like, really? The Packers and the Bears are probably the loudest. Jay's nodding and, and agreeing, but uh, people hate the Lions around here. They yeah. really do. And and I've grown to hate them in my <laughs> six years here. I really do not like them as an organization, especially when they had Matt Stafford. Um, I will not like when we play the Rams this year. Uh, but I, I am really looking forward to the fans just cranking it up another level. I don't know if they could beat week one because that was pretty good. That was uh, The Seahawks kind of bring that same sort of divisional you know, atmosphere, but I'm really looking forward to that. Um, one thing I'm nervous about, I'm really nervous about this team coming in here and us taking them you know, too easily. You look at their record. Uh, it's happened a few times here at U.S. Bank Stadium where we get hyped for these big games and play so well against the Seahawks at home, so well against the Packers at home. Then the Buffalo Bills come in, 17 and a half favorites, uh, the Vikings were a few years ago, and Josh Allen just that had his coming out game. Um, that happened against the Colts one year with Andrew Luck. We, I think we were 10 and a half point favorites. We're going to be, you know, eight and a half, 10 and a half point favorites in this game. We need to stomp on their throats early. Um, we've done it in the years against the Bengals. We came out and just had like an amazing start to the game. And Eric Kendricks picked six. I'm recounting all my memories, Jay. Um, but I want to see a defensive score to, you know, put that all aside and not make me nervous about the fact that, you know, the kitty lions are coming to town. Yeah, no, you you hit it right on the head. A dominant full game complete performance is exactly what the doctor ordered. Yes. And I think once they get that game under their belt, it, it'll start kind of rolling cuz they'll they'll know this is how we get to those wins. Confidence this is how we win. make yeah, it happen. Yeah, yeah. confidence yeah. victory. And I and I don't necessarily like being around the facility and talking to players and talking to coaches. I don't necessarily get a sense of of um like they're not confident, but it definitely, I think, would help if the record would reflect how they feel about this team. You've lost by 11 points in three games. For those players, for them, they're looking at this saying, we're that close. We're this close to putting it all together. We're this close. We saw what we could do with Seattle when we really focused and were able to just put a game plan together. But the three losses that you've had so far are extremely frustrating, I'm mm -hmm. sure, for them, just knowing we're that close to being able to clean up one or two things and, and having this thing flip on its head. All right, Jay. Well, on that note, do you want to go ahead and give us your two things you're excited about and one thing that makes you nervous? Shh. They've given up 400 yards of offense on average this year to opponents. Um, the, the fact that defensively they're probably going to be hampered by the fact that Trey Flowers is injured this week. I'm not rooting for a guy to be injured, but the fact that he is out of this game and being one of their biggest and brightest players on defense is going to be something that is going to be advantageous for our offense. And then if you really go down and you start digging into it and you look at like who their top tacklers are, Two of their top three tacklers are their safeties. That is a terrible, terrible stat if you are a defense knowing that 
uh, most likely running backs are getting through the line and linebackers to those safeties. So for us on, on our offensive side, we need to take advantage of some of those deficiencies they have on defense at this point and really start racking up some yards. Uh, another thing that I'm excited for is something that, you know, Corso somewhat touched on already was just the pressure on Jared Goff. They've already given up 10 sacks to him uh, so far in the first four games. He is a guy that we know from the past, not only from the game that we played against him, but just his career at this point is if you get pressure on him like a lot of quarterbacks, but especially him and you rattle him, he will not only take sacks in a game, but he will also make some errant throws. And I think given what Corso was saying, wanted to have like a defensive pick six or something along mm-hmm. those lines, this is a prime example of Jared Goff being able to, to be one of those guys you can take advantage of. What makes me nervous, I think it's going to be a theme here for almost all of us. This is a classic trap game. <laughs> this is a classic game that you're expected to win. I think right now the line was seven and a half points was the last I had heard yep. for the, for this game. And Everyone looks at this and says, well, we can look ahead to Carolina next week so we can try to get to 500 and and get to even before the bye. But this is Detroit. Every single year we play these guys every single year. They're a thorn in our side. And I think for for us this week, you have to take the mentality of we have to put a complete game together again and not have the lull happen like like potentially happened this past week. So I'm hoping for for our side that this is a game where everybody, all three phases, can finally put something together on paper and have this as a confidence builder moving for the rest of the season to say this is what we can do moving forward. Yeah, and the run game, you spoke about that, I think, and what you're excited about when you face this defense. They're ranked 24th in the league. So you got to think if you're Dalvin and Alexander Madison behind there, you're kind of salivating a little bit. You're like, okay, let's go. Gabe, give me a little like Dalvin like cooking uh, you know, term or so. You've been doing that every week. That's true. If he's healthy, that means that I'm waiting for the it. steak is marinated. <laughs> and if the steak is marinated, all you got to do is put it in the oven. That's Let him right. cook it up. Or the grill. And I'll, and I'll throw. You put it in the oven before you put it on the grill. <laughs> you let it, I'll let throw it, let it turn around a little I'll bit. I'll throw a Mike Zimmer term and offensive lineman term. Pound the beef. Pound the beef. Pound the beef. Pound the, you got the lineman. Uh, Jay, to your point of um, the safeties being the leading tacklers, I think that's a really good point because it, it brings me back to the Cincinnati Bengals game, right? Going into the, the game this year, we were thinking, we were saying, you know, uh, I think John Johnson Jr. and Von, I think Von Bell is their other safety. Mm-hmm. Last year, they led the team in tackles. And it's like, okay, that's a, that's a bad thing. When you look at really good teams, and just speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm not going to say they're, they're a really good team. The safeties aren't leading the team in tackles anymore, which ultimately means the defensive line and the linebackers are doing their job, which means that makes for a really good defense. So it, it says a lot when some of your guys are down and Romeo Okor and your Trey Flowers, guys with the lines right now, which, you know, suits well for an offense because it's, it's saying, you know, we can get up to the second and third level before we actually get touched. And that's putting a lot of pressure on the safeties. And as an offensive coordinator from Clint Kubiak, I'm seeing that. I'm saying, hey, Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, Oli, get up to the second level. We can we can take care of the rest from there. And to me, it, it kind of you figure that as a very basic game plan, pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, so that those safeties have to constantly keep coming up. Yeah. And then that's when you go over Play the top action. and you hit them over, hit behind them. And it just it's the classic setup for that kind of stuff of make them super uncomfortable and that they have to support the run game. Yeah. And then just let our guys go to work behind them. Well, it sounds like it's time then for Gabe to weigh in. Two oh. things that you're excited. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You good to go? Yeah. All right. Two things you're excited about. One thing you're nervous about. The first thing I'm excited about is 
Kirktober. I keep saying that on social media right now. Kirktober is a scary a scary season, and Ooh, I, I like guess it. I guess that means he's gonna go off and have a really good game. Of course, last week wasn't his wasn't a good start to October or Kirktober, but I think this is the game that he bounces back. Um, just Kirk in his career against the Lions, he he's had career numbers. Career passing yards, career uh, completion percentage. I guess he's averaging like 270 passing yards against the Lions in his career as a Minnesota Viking. So it, I think that bodes well for this offense. I think, you know, he's going to be targeting uh, Bobby Price a lot, who was their fourth string corner. I think Bobby Price gave up 149 uh, yards last week of Justin Fields, 209. So Kirk Cousins is looking at that and saying, okay, my, my guys are going to have a day. Uh, last year against the, the Detroit Lions, he was the offensive NFC Offensive Player of the Week. So I think that's going to continue to uh, suit this offense well. And we know Dalvin, he is the engine of our of our offense. But I think when Kirk is playing well, basically unbeatable. So that's the first thing I'm excited about. Second thing is just seeing this team bounce back. Um, we've, we've seen what they did against the uh, Seattle Seahawks a few weeks ago after coming away from a tough loss in Arizona. And I think after getting another tough loss this past Sunday – I, I like to see which guys are coachable. Um, of course, Garrett Bradbury, we saw him take a step in his career after that Cincinnati Bengals game. Some, you know, there there are things when you turn on the film, you say, okay, these guys, you know, there there's some really bad things that we saw. Now let's change that. Let's 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 have a bounce back week and have a bounce back week against a team that we are expecting to win against. That's I, I think rightfully so. We should expect to win this game, like we should every. It's game. a winnable game. It's a winnable game. So. When you look at that on the schedule, you're like, okay, well, they're down a couple of players. We, we saw the Chicago Bears team that's you know starting to figure it out, have a really good game against them. We expect to beat the Bears this year when we get the chance to play them. Why not have a similar performance, if not better, against a team that is very young and that is very new and people aren't expecting much from them? I think if you mm-hmm. don't win in a convincing fashion – Fans will not be happy about that. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this team bounces back and, and live up to the expectations. One thing I'm nervous about, and it's kind of to the point of what Jay said, is we, we get these trap games, right? I mean, last year, I think it was the Dallas Cowboys game where, you know, we we're going on a run. Um, we had one more game until we were 500, and then we lose to the Cowboys. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like, what are we doing? Like, we got all the the pieces of the puzzle right here. We can control our own destiny, but we lose that trap game. And I think – for this week, we, we can't have that. And I think coming into this game, and again, we know we're supposed to win, similar to the Cincinnati Bengals game. We know we're supposed to win, and then we have all these mental errors. And I, I, I know that's not going to happen, but that makes me nervous that a lot of these mental errors are, are going to happen because we're just so confident that we're supposed to just go out there and dominate. The mental errors is definitely the thing that makes me the most nervous yeah. because I I, I – I think as you guys have kind of mentioned, this Lions game is always the one that everyone chalks up as an easier contest. And so you don't want to play at the level of your opponent and you want to be able to come out and make a statement. Seeing what can be beyond the scripted plays for me is just so, so crucial at this point because I I have a feeling we'll start the game out strong. There's no reason to think we are. We will not. My coach always told me growing up, good teams play good when they're playing bad teams. And I think that bodes well for any Super Bowl winning team. Those games that they're supposed to win, they go out there and win them in a convincing fashion. So if this Vikings team says that they're you know good, we still have a good team, this is the game to go out there and prove yourself and say, okay, yeah, we are a good team. Some of those losses were tough losses. Yeah, 11 points is our point differential as far as like in our losses. But now 
we can show you that we're a good team and we can give you confidence moving forward. That is one thing that the Patriots always did yeah. throughout their dynasty years. We watched the game, you know, the other night with your Buccaneers, Patriots, and everybody knows I'm from New York. I absolutely yeah. hated the Patriots growing <laughs> up, but they won every single game at home against an opponent like this that we have coming in. They would beat the Jets' butts every single time at Gillette Stadium. We all know the record in the, you know, the last few months of the season, the first few months of the season, they always found a way to, you know, win at home. We need that here. Yeah. We need that here this season, especially with how we've started out. You know, those two road games to start out the season against Cincinnati and Arizona, those are tough games. Yeah. We got to take care of that game here, you know, at home. And I am so, I can't tell you guys how excited I am to watch this game just and get into it on Sunday as a fan. And, and I want to see some domination. I don't want to see Mike Zimmer on the hot seat. I don't want to hear that ever. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, I really do um, when it comes to schemes and defenses and, and things of that nature. Um, we've had a little turnover here the past couple of years. I want to see this group finally come together and let's let's push this thing forward, Jay. The Lions are a 66-yard doinked kick in from mm. having the same record as us right now. So, like, you can't take anything lightly at this right. point. And they don't have and Matt if, Prater anymore. He's on the other team that we played this year. <laughs> and if you, if, you, if you think they are they are a inferior team due to talent and due to what you have here, what you've been practicing, what you've had the entire season, then this is a prove-it game. Yeah. Go out and oh, do it, handle sure. your business, and then focus on Carolina next week. To get a get back to even right before the bye, I think like we should be the only people talking about Carolina. Yeah. Like this is what we're supposed to do. Like we shouldn't hear those guys talk about Carolina at all. Like Mike Zimmer shouldn't bring up Carolina in his press conference. He never does. He never does. Yeah. But like you can, that's the vibe if, around here as far as like from coworkers and people that can have an opinion about the game. Because Two we wins. Don't, we don't. We don't. Yeah. It's like we don't. Yeah. We don't really have an effect on the game. Like nothing that we do. No plays into the game so like we can look a, a little bit further ahead but those guys i mean it's a week to week week to week business yeah. and like i said last year it was that cowboys game and i think mike zimmer said it you know it's kind of a trap game we gotta we gotta win this thing and just didn't take care of business so well, of course, so this is the most excited I've seen you. I know. I'm like really hyped up this morning. He's, he's I'm, ready to I'm, share his unbridled sure, opinion. I, I, I can't be fired on the show. There were years <laughs> where I was like, I got to watch out what people say. You know, I went into Rick Spielman's office yesterday. I said goodbye. And, um, you know, I'm working for the men's basketball team and, and I'm also helping out with men's golf. And the first thing he said to me was, you know, am I getting some free golf when I go to New Jersey? <laughs> He's like, I heard you leaving the NFL for men's golf. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, it's <laughs> it's all, you know, guns are blazing for me now on this show today. <laughs> but, Why not? Why uh, not? Th- you know, working for Rick over the years, I, I you know, respect him. I, Rob Brzezinski is one of my f- most favorite people in this building. Um, I sat down with him yesterday, too. So I, I hate to keep making it about myself, but this I just love... This is the love, time to do it. Yeah, you got one more chance. I love so many people in this building. That's why I'm a Vikings fan for life. Not going back to the Jets, Jay. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Listen, th- there's still green coursing through those veins at this point. I think the closer <laughs> you get back to the Jersey area at this point, I think the, the Jets will start to tug at your you heartstrings. You have two teams. 100%. I, was, I was gifted a Vikings helmet by all of you guys at VN. And uh, Jordan Struck here, you know, who manages the studio, and he gave me a Jets helmet a few years ago, the old nice. Jets helmet. Yep. Oh, nice. So I will have a Jets helmet and there a Vikings go. helmet in my new office. Uh, the Vikings helmet gets precedence, that's you, for sure. You can always have an AFC and an NFC team. It's all good. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. Yep. <laughs> no, I do. Can I get sentimental about this radio room real quick? This yeah, is. Yeah, one more day. 
Cut this, open a vein. Go for it. This is my, I love this room. Probably my second office. Uh, we created so many shows in this room from under center with Kirk Cousins to, you know, all the ideas that we've had. Gabe Vantage, yep. Tatum, you coming along with MVP has been great. Um, working with Mike Wabshaw over the years, I have to give him a shout out. I learned so much from him. I uh, was able to see him this week and, and say goodbye to, you know, one of my all time mentors in this business. Jay knows that. And I've learned a lot from this guy over here, Jay. Um, from a production standpoint to, you know, everything. So uh, it's been, we've had, you know, every, you know, coach, player in this room. This is where the stories came to life. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely going to miss it. That's for sure. Man, thank you for blessing me with your office. You leave. <laughs> Onward and upward, though. Dave has been in here, like, for the past two months. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was like, you're going to get sick of me, man. And, uh, and You've been amazing, bro. He hasn't. He hasn't. Tatum, it's been great working with the you. The bromance is real in I know. Here in I don't know room, what's guys. going on. I don't know what to it's, tell you. I think it's the black walls. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on it in here. provides a safe space. We missed this room when, uh, when, the <laughs> the pandemic, walls. when the pandemic was going on. We were all doing Zoom shows and... Um, it's, it's, it's not the same when, when you're, you're here in person. Yeah. I, I hate that we can't have players in here this year, but I know that'll come back, but man, good times. It's been real, bro. Good times. It's been amazing. I think the biggest thing Corso is coming in here when you did coming straight out of UMass and kind of the growth that you've shown over the years and, and just to see you get this opportunity, I think you should, I've told you privately fully embrace this thing and embrace the d discomfort. That's one of the, the biggest pieces of advice is that I've ever had was you're uncomfortable because it's something new, but it's also exciting and you should just embrace that as much as possible. So take the chance that you have with this opportunity and run with it. And it'll be fun to watch from afar just to see how far you can go. I'm flying out to the Big Ten Media Day today, and I get to see Commissioner Kevin Warren, nice. <laughs> who was the COO here for all those years. He did, you know, he's the one who made this freaking facility come to life. He's the one who made U.S. Bank Stadium come to life. Uh, can't wait to reconnect with him. And yeah, Vikings, Vikings family for life. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you already have a friend in the Big Ten. I have a pretty good friend. Pretty good. <laughs> Look at you, Ryan. Not too shy. I, 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 that's so not on purpose. <laughs> he texted me this morning back. I was waiting about six or seven days for a text message back from my <laughs> text to him. I know he's a busy guy, but uh, I'm so excited to, to rub shoulders with him again. Yeah, and, we're, at, we're uh, all happy for you, man. Crazy. Yeah, super happy. This is going to be amazing. Back to the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> Well-deserving. And I feel like if the Vikings win on Sunday, it'll be a well-deserving win. And uh, a well-deserving send-off for you, my friend. Yes. Wish it could have been this past week, but, you know, a win this week would definitely put a bow on things. Getting to see Kevin Stefanski, I know I keep bringing it up, but um, I saw him go from pretty much a quality control coach. I think I was one year after quality control. He was like offensive line or tight ends. I saw him coach Adrian Peterson in 2015 to a rushing title. I saw him coach every single, you know, position of this offense and the way he developed when Gary Kubiak came here didn't get the offensive coordinator position he interviewed with the Giants for their offensive coordinator position didn't get that to see him as a head coach on Sunday I you know there's things that go uh, over yeah. football um, yeah. and I got to you know take a picture with him on the field which that's who he is like he doesn't care if you're the website guy the freaking audio producer um, or the you know, defensive coordinator, he treats people the same way. So um, I'm also a Kevin Stefanski fan, <laughs> if you guys didn't know that. Uh, that's already. okay. I have no idea. <laughs> this, this business, this this field we're in, like you can go from team to team, you can go from sport to sport, and it's the connections and the network that you make and the Crazy. friends along the way. Um, and I think people can say that throughout any, 
you know, fashion, whether it's, you know, you're, if you're working in sports or out of sports. So, yeah, no, I think you've made your impact here and it's very well known around here. I know you'll be greatly missed. Um, but we're so excited for you for this. I mean, you get to fulfill these. I mean, you continue your audio journey through this, too. I can't wait. I'm <clears throat> working with head coach Steve Peichel um, on the you know college basketball side. Uh, we bonded from day one, so I'm really looking forward to working with him and you know using some of the things I learned from yeah. you know, working with Mike Zimmer over the years. But I'm looking at the schedule, and, and since I'm leaving here, I'm going to go down the list, and I see us winning the next two games against the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers. That's that's 2-0 and uh, going forward. That would make us 3-3 three and three heading into the bye. We host the Dallas Cowboys on NBC Week 8. We're winning that game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Ooh, okay. That's 4-3, and three, Jay. Spooky. If you're keeping, keeping track. Week 9, we go to the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to you know, be fair and say we're going to lose that game. That's a really tough atmosphere. You see the way Lamar Jackson's playing this year. That gets us to 4-4. Four and four. At the L.A. Chargers at SoFi Stadium, I'm going to say we're 4-5. and five. Heading after that game. At the home of Super Bowl? At the home of the Super Bowl? Yeah, we're going to lose that. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think we're going to be 4-5 and five, heading into a home game, Week 11, at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Packers. We're back to 5-5, five and five, Jay. The this, suspense. This is this is classic Corso in that it's the touch of reality uh, mixed with the touch of hope. A hundred percent. You know exactly how my mind works at this point. Week twelve, we're at the San Francisco 49ers at Levi Stadium. Five and six. Oh, sorry, Gabe. Oh, five and six. I got his winning them. Week thirteen at the Detroit Lions. We get back to six and six. We've found a way to win at Ford Field. Somehow, some way, over all these years, especially on Thanksgiving, uh, this year it'll be in December. But we're winning that game six and six. We come back home week fourteen against the Pittsburgh Steelers, seven and six. We're beating that team. Next game, Soldier Field, Monday night. This is the game that we have lost so many times in my history here, guys. We're winning that game this year at Soldier Field. I just like what we're able to do against these quarterbacks. That makes us eight and six. We host the Rams at US Bank Stadium week sixteen. We're going to nine and six, Jay. Oh. We're going to nine and six against Matt Stafford. Corso's on a roll, and he's Ooh. it's the Matt Stafford uh, revenge game for Corso here. Week seventeen at the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. I'll give us a loss there. Nine and seven. And to finish it off, as we've always done all my years here, we play the Bears the last week at home. It's <laughs> happened every year, Jay. Once again, it's sometimes the, it matters, sometimes it doesn't. It's going to matter this year. Once again, it's the winning in in your scenario. Typically, yes. you're looking at hitting the double digits if you get that win. We get that win at home against the Bears, ten and seven. The pathway has been set, Tatum. I, you know, I was doing this this morning. I wanted to give my last, you know, season. I mean, you had us at fifteen and two preseason. I did. I was like, <laughs> the hope. I Courtney Cronin came in here and made us like seven and ten, and yeah. Gabe and I looked at her and we're like, come on, yeah, you're on Andrew. Yeah, she, I mean, that's her opinion. Ben Lieber <laughs> said eleven and six during training camp. This day, it's October sixth, Wednesday. And I'm saying 10 and 7. We're getting in the playoffs. 10 gets you in. This is one of those that, trust me, there will be texts flying back and forth every single week as the schedule keeps unveiling itself. It's on record on this Minnesota Vikings podcast as I depart. 
on October 6th. I have us 10-7 and seven making the playoffs, and I cannot wait to watch you guys. I'm looking forward to it. 10-7, and seven, Gabe. Can I make a joke? Because I know we have a good relationship. Make a joke. Who has more wins this year? The Vikings or, or Rutgers? Rutgers men's basketball? Oh, there's like 20-plus <laughs> games. <laughs> I think Rutgers, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Rutgers, uh, I don't, I don't want to go through uh, for, for all the Gophers fans here about their roster and things like that, but you know, yeah. I, I think they're going to be a good team this year. And, he works uh, for them now, too. He's got to be Mr. Optimistic. Come on. <laughs> I got the recruiting pitch. <laughs> now I got to answer to head coach Steve Peichel instead yeah. of general manager Rick Spielman. I mean, so. if you would have exactly. said the Vikings, I would have just sent this to. To Steve, and say, you, hey, uh, you, you, you sure you want this guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> we could we could still use him over here. Yeah. Teasing. He's hiring me because of my positive mindset. I love and, it, man. Uh, love that, and and that's that's what I'm gonna have going there. And um, you know, it's uh, it's been a blast, and I'm looking forward to watching you guys from afar, watching the work that you guys do. Um, from the moment Gabe started, we had a great connection. It's been about what 16, 17 months. Yeah. Uh, we connected Strong. from you know the pandemic, not being together, still getting stuff done. Um, and Tatum, you've come in here and, and done great work. So I'm looking forward to seeing what what you're able to do here as well. And we all know my relationship with Jay, um, one of the best people in this business, one of the best people in the building. Uh, I told him yesterday he's the most meticulous worker in the Vikings organization. Indeed. So um, Vikings fans are are lucky. They don't they don't know how lucky they are. Uh, that he works on Vikings content. So um, that'll be my final words. And I'm going to say one more word for Brian Harper, um, the leader of the Vikings Entertainment Network, uh, one of my best friends, one of the best mentors in the business, um, the leader of VEN, and uh, thrilled to to call him a friend. And I, I think I'll be working for him when he's like big time someday. So I think we all will. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming for sure. No, I love it. I'm done I, being emotional. That's no, it. No, you're good. <laughs> you had this is your last day to do it, so you got it all out. We wanted to make this, you know, a platform for you to be able to get that out since this is kind of your you, are, you know, you you made this happen yeah. along the way for Gabe and I to be able to be on it. Jay helps make it happen. And so we're we're grateful for you guys and, and excited for your journey. Um, one more thing before we go, let's just do a couple of shameless plugs because we got a lot going on this week as we head into the Lions matchup. So Gabe, tell us who is on the Audible this week. I believe it is Eric Kendricks. So he'll be on. He'll be talking um, some on the field, off the field stuff. And I'm excited to do that. Ben Lieber will be here also. So, of course, the linebacker talk will be of great value this week. I'm sure those guys have conversations. Lots of insight. A Lots of insight just from <laughs> playing the similar same position. Um, so with that. I think that'll be a good I think I think it'll be a really good show because Eric Kendrick was very interesting off the field. Some of the stuff that he things that he does shows you who the man is under underneath the helmet. So I'm excited just just to talk to him. So make sure you check that out. Uh, KFAN Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. and on Fox 9 on Friday. Uh, Corso, you're, you're not a part of it this week, man. I know. I think you're going to miss me uh, lining up guests with yeah. Sam Newton of Vikings PR. Uh, another one of my best friends yeah. here. Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm gonna miss my baby, yeah. the Audible. Yeah. I think that's what Ben called it this week. He said, "I'm we're we're, we're keeping your, your baby, baby. <laughs> we're keeping your baby here in Minnesota." 
Uh, it's been, you know, telling the players' stories on our shows, and that's what the Audible is. Yeah. I want all you Vikings fans, it needs more promotion. It's such a great piece of content. Um, we've had so many guys tell their stories. Brian O'Neill last week, Justin Jefferson's buying into it. He's got yeah. his brother on. Yeah. Uh, KJ it, on the couple KJ weeks. on. It is it is one of the best pieces of content that we're doing here at the Vikings Entertainment Network, not just putting on, on you know, my own stuff here, yeah. but um, I really enjoy letting the players, you know, tell their stories off the field and, and you're going to continue to do that all year long. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to watching that thing grow. All right. And we also, it's a very important week um, around here. Well, it's really an important month in the NFL. It's our crucial catch game is this week and the Minnesota Vikings support the American Cancer Society and its efforts uh, to support underserved communities to reduce their risk of cancer prevention and early detection outreach and education. And so for this game, which is the exciting part I'm getting to, there will be a Skull Strong t-shirt available for only $25 and the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. So t-shirts can be purchased online at shop.vikings.com backslash Skull Strong. There will be a limited amount available at the stadium locker room store on the game Sunday, but guys, it's a really great shirt. Um, We got a chance to catch up with Dalvin Tomlinson and Alex Andrew Madison about why they're passionate about the awareness for this issue and why they enjoy the crucial catch game every year because they're able to connect with survivors and um, they've had their own experiences. Alexander Madison's father beat cancer, but Dalvin's didn't. And so, you know, I know it's an issue that touches a lot of us and an issue that hits home for so many of us. And so if you're, you know, wanting to support the cause, don't forget about the Skull Strong t-shirt, which I think, you know, as someone that enjoys fashion, I think it's pretty cute. It's one of those things that if you can find a way to not only support your, your team, but also support a, a worthy cause along the way, I think it's a win-win for everybody. Yes, I love it. And obviously there's like a limited amount. So it's kind of like a collector's thing too. So yeah. that's always fun. But we've also got another uh, post-game live after the show. Ron Johnson will be joining me from TCO Studios once again. Um, he does a great job of breaking down the game. He's a Detroit guy. I think he's going to really like this matchup and have a lot to say after this one. So be sure to tune into that directly following the game. I'm sure he'll have like a bite in the kneecap reference. Oh, of, of course. Sort. I think we all have to this week at yeah. some point. Yeah. He he also made a reference last week that Kirk Cousins needs to be like Eminem. Just ask Ron if he's going to lose himself because of the <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's what, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Well, on that note, the final game of the three-game homestand is this Sunday against the Lions kickoff step for noon at U.S. Bank Stadium. Stick with the Vikings Entertainment Network on all of our Vikings digital platforms for everything you need to know to get ready for the game. Chris Corso, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for doing this podcast one last time. It's been an honor, guys. Thank you again. I've said, I've said all I can say. And uh, Vikings fans, please stay connected on Twitter, you know, all yeah, social media platforms. Yeah, drop your handle in here. Uh, I, I'm going to change it to something Rutgers, I think. Oh, uh, company guy. I, okay. I might have to do that, but um, please stay in touch. Seriously, it's been great working for you guys. And um, I'll, be, I'll be one of you guys now, which is going to be fun. So uh, everybody stay in touch. It was, it, it was a great six years and four games. Woo!